Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech, Luxon MX. You'll hear a little bit more about them in a few minutes, but I also want to give a huge shout out to Guts Racing, Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing. Honestly, I think he has some of the best products under the sun as far as your motocross bike. And I know it's just seats, but it's not just a seat. You spend, let's be honest, you spend way too much time sitting on your seat on on your motocross bike. And when you're not sitting on it, you're gripping it with your knees, or at least you should be. Seat bases, the lightweight seat foam, or their awesome seat covers, everything they have is amazing. And on top of that, great customer service. I can't get enough of this company, and they offer a 20% discount when you enter discount code BIGMX20 at checkout. So save yourself some money, get yourself a brand new seat for your motorcycle, and thank those guys along the way. Also want to give a huge shout out to John and Kristen Anderson over at WSA. WSA is all things wheels. They supply wheels for some of the best teams in the pits, and also some privateers. Devin Harriman... He's a W wheels guy, and he makes sure that he's getting every single ounce of horsepower he can get out of his engine by having an extremely lightweight, strong set of wheels, and you guys can do the exact same thing. You can save 10% off of your wheels or anything that you purchase from WSA by entering Big MX Radio or mentioning Big MX Radio when you place your order. Also want to mention that you can uh, you might not be able to save some money with SKDA graphics, but they have some of the coolest graphics under the sun. We've got, I believe, four more $100 gift certificates to give away. We are giving those away sometime in the next three or four weeks here. So stay tuned to Big MX Radio, how you can find a way to win those. Um, And then on top of all that, Fox Racing Canada. Fox Racing Canada is obviously the Canadian entity of fox racing they've got some of the coolest threads best protective gear best fitting stuff they just came out about four or five months ago with a brand new boot you've probably already drooled over the instincts well get ready for the instinct 2.0 an improved version of one of the best boots on the market and now comes in half sizes they also came out with the motion which is basically their answer to a different brand's mid-level boot um, that $500, $450 price point boot that is flexible, durable, and also um, performs extremely well, also comes in half sizes, but it, it might not have as many materials on the inside of the boot that helps you stay connected to your bike. If you want that, you're going to have to go with the Instinct. But if you want an extremely durable boot that flexes well and uh, doesn't totally break the bank on you, um the motion is a fantastic boot so i would look into that for sure all right guys let's get on to this podcast with caden braswell he is an extremely well-spoken young man who i really enjoy really really enjoyed getting to know um he's a different kid all all, all together uh he's a strong uh he's got a strong man of faith and um honestly i i really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit i think he uh has a great head on his shoulders um he's a fierce competitor but also like i said very soft spoken and you're gonna get, get a little a uh, little taste of that over the next hour or so uh if you if james dalman if you're listening to this right now my friend i hope that you're getting in some time on the slopes uh, as we the, t- the clock ticks down on winter here we're in the middle of february you probably got another six or seven weeks of solid snowboarding in and uh, and that'll be it for the rest of the summer 
uh, or for the winner rather, uh, Lena over in, I believe it's Czech Republic. If you're listening to this, appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, if you're only a few minutes into your workout, Sean, uh, get after it, my friend. Um, get in that workout so that you can, uh, you and I can spin some laps this summer. Um, thanks to everyone who takes the time to listen with Garrett Rockley down in California or Jonesy uh, down in Australia. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to the Big MX Radio podcast. If you have some feedback or some re- or a request of who you'd like to see, message me at Brad Gebhardt on Brad Gebhardt eighty eight on Instagram or. Big MX Radio on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. We'll go back and forth. We'll start the conversation. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech. Racetech Gold Valves, basically a revalve in a box. Don't believe me? Call them up or send them an email. Mention that you heard heard about them from Big MX Radio and you're going to save some money while you get your suspension or your engine serviced. You're going to drop your lap times. You're going to enjoy riding your motorcycle just that much more. And yeah, you can thank Big MX Radio for that. You're going to save an extra 10%. Maybe you can use that money to go to the track a few more times throughout the summer. And, uh, and yeah, it's more throttle therapy, the better. This podcast is also brought to you by Luxon MX. Luxon MX is not just another triple clam company. They are passionate engineers driven to redefine the status quo. You can save 10% with Luxon MX with Big MX at checkout. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a young man from Florida who has had a pretty incredible career in the amateur ranks and now has dipped his toes into the pro scene as well goes by the name of Caden Braswell. Caden, how's it going? Going good, Mister Brad. I'm uh, getting to live life to the fullest, racing dirt bikes around the country. Yes, sir. Uh, you are somebody who truly makes racing a motocross bike for a living look like a fun job to have, and and that's something that I think a lot of fans can uh, can connect with and uh, can look up to. Um, Tell me a little bit about uh, Caden Braswell, the the athlete as well as the person who, uh, yeah, gets to uh, gets to be a professional motocross racer for a living. I get to do a lot of cool things, um, but none of it would be made possible without you know our uh, Lord and Savior Jesus. Without Him, I don't think any of this would be possible. My parents, from a young age, have supported me immensely. Without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. They sacrificed a lot to get me to where I am. And uh, now I'm on a new team, uh, Phoenix Racing Honda. So without them, I wouldn't be where I'm at. There's a lot that goes into it. It takes a village to get where we are and to do what we do. Not one man can do it by himself. So would like to give thanks to all of them because I wouldn't be where I am without them. But, uh, yeah, I get to I get to live a really, really cool life. You know, I dreamed about it ever since I was a kid, and now racing professional Supercross is it's really eye-opening just to be in the big stadium surrounded by a ton of awesome fans. The energy is just amazing. It's electric. When you're in the, uh, when you're in the main event, the last three laps, there's a battle going on in Tampa. There's a battle going on in front, and you could hear the crowd. Or I shouldn't say you could hear them. You could almost feel them yelling they were yelling so loud it was just absolutely crazy it was so much fun to be a part of as the as the race keeps going i'm 
I'm two races in. I'm sitting like 14 in points. I would like to be in the top five by the end of the season. So got some work on my end to do. I'm real happy with the bike. I feel like we've got a winning bike or a bike capable of winning. Just need to put it in the right spot this year, my first year. I was supposed to race futures, but they seen me on the Supercross, and they said, well, we might as well send you out there. You look pretty good. So that's where I'm at as far as that goes. But I'm really looking forward to finishing these out strong, learning and growing with each one, just taking it one step at a time. Well, you've certainly been doing exactly that. Caden, uh, where does the story start for you as far as uh, throwing a leg over a motorcycle for the very first time, being introduced to it by your parents, I'd assume, um, racing down in Florida to begin with, and then, like you said, off air, doing a little bit of moving around. Um, where did the passion for motocross and, and getting better for it originate for you? I'd imagine that you probably took to it quite quickly because um, you, you've been uh, like pretty highly touted on the amateur scene for basically as, as long as you've been on my radar. Yeah, my dad used to race, and uh, he sat me on his dirt bike one day. And we'd always watch racing on the weekends. So that's where the, the dream came from, the idea of it. And one Christmas, I got one of those cool electric dirt bikes from Walmart. I burned up the neighbor's yard to the point where they said, all right, let's get this kid on a real dirt bike track. So we started there, and then we realized we didn't have the right dirt bike for it. So we went and got a real dirt bike, one that ate gas and not a ACDC out of the wall started there and it progressed into what it is today uh, from you know looking up on the internet where to go race and talking to people at the track my dad was a big part of that um, and then he just it kind of took off I had a pretty good technique and so he realized I was doing pretty good at the little races you know and then hey let's go to a bigger race and then hey let's go to a bigger race they got these things called uh area qualifiers let's go race one of these regionals loretta's and then the big goal was loretta's every year you get like sponsors if you did good there so and it just it learned and and grew from there it was really cool to be a part of the whole amateur racing side of it it it's a fun sport to be in as a kid it teaches you to grow up fast you uh you know, if you go into school, you're taking off every afternoon and trying to go ride and do homework on the way to the track, do homework on the way back or whatnot. And as we got more serious, we learned about homeschooling. And then I got lucky and fortunate enough to be a part of the on-track school homeschooling program, which saved us a whole lot of time as far as, you know, you only get so many off days or sick days, as we would call them. I was sick a lot during the summer or before the summer going to spring nationals and stuff so yeah there's a lot that went into it growing up racing dirt bikes is is a really cool experience not not something a whole lot of people get to do so i like to cherish the fact that i was able to certainly yeah yeah you've been able to uh rise within the ranks um Amateur Nationals, the Texas Two-Step, Ponca City, everything else in between. Um, like, at what point did you realize that you had some extra special skills and just being able to go to Loretta's at a pretty young age? Um, like, for yourself, like, a, a young guy who, like, honestly, like, for me growing up, 
never i was pretty timid on on a bike on the on 80s even onto big bikes right away um but you seem to like you're a pretty mild-mannered kid but you must have a, a fierce competitiveness within you to be able to uh compete with these kids at the highest level because um any amateur race that i've been to like the the tensions are high the competition is extremely fierce um like how do you adapt to that after like yourself like i mentioned earlier you're a bit you're a pretty mild-mannered kid well thank you yeah uh I try not to to boast about. I don't. I don't see that as good. I try to be humble, which is tricky in a world like today. But um, no, I, I'm pretty competitive. I really don't like losing. We didn't. My, my dad. He wasn't going to drive 13, 14 hours to a race for me just to show up and lose. That wasn't in the deal. He said, "I'm going to take you here." He said, "I want to see your best." So I gave it my best and. Um, your best happened to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, my best happened to be pretty good. So it, it kind of just went up from there. And, you know, we loved it. We going racing on the weekends as a family was was something we looked forward to. Something that made the the Mondays and the Tuesdays of you know either driving back and cleaning up or trying to drive back and go to work early in the morning. I think it it made it better for my parents to have something to look forward to as well as me. I. I was doing schoolwork and looking forward to the next race, just living life and, and loving it along the way. I was fortunate to have parents that supported me through all that. Well, certainly. And then on, on top of all that, like we've, we've seen you on a, a number of different manufacturers over the years. Uh, as far back as I can scroll on your social media, I see you on some Yamahas and then before uh, making your way over to uh, riding some Husqvarna's. And then at some point, the Orange Brigade crew comes calling. Uh, I'd imagine that's probably Nate Adams, or Nate, not Nate Adams, uh, Nate Ramsey, uh, who actually I have a jersey of his sitting behind me. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about that sort of process of how, how that sort of came to be. Uh, a huge honor for you, and uh, you seized that opportunity by obviously progressing on and off the track um, with the uh, the on-track school thing with uh, with. Uh, I believe that's uh, Michael Lieb's mom who runs that. Um, but tell me a little bit about the Orange Brigade and, uh, and turning that eventually into uh, a Horizon Award winner, which is uh, a pretty cool honor. Yeah, it was, it's an amazing honor. Miss Andrea Lieb, yeah, she's taking good care of me. But no, once you're saying about uh, all the other manufacturers, motocross is expensive, and it uh, it helps to have some help, if you know what I mean. So that's kind of what we were yep. doing. We were just getting help. When you go do good at the big races or something, people come up to you and they say, hey, we want you to run our equipment. and uh, We want you to tell people about our stuff and how, how good our stuff is. So that's what you do. You, you know, as an athlete, you're selling people's products on a bigger stage. So that's kind of what we did. Was we were hired by Yamaha. We were getting a good deal at Husky or... Even when I went to Suzuki, we got a cool allotment from Suzuki. Not saying, you know, everything was always perfect and awesome. That's why you go to different ones, you know. But that's where the help was. So that's where we went. And then with Orange Brigade, that was that was more of a decision to find the best bike and, and what's going to help me the most in the sport. Because once you get to about super minis, you realize real quickly that if you ain't winning, they don't want you. 
second and third place get forgotten real quick, which is the same way in the big leagues. But no, it uh, Orange Brigade. They did me good. I have nothing bad to say about them. Um, spiraling into the Horizon Award, that was it was just a crazy year last year. If I'm being honest, I got hurt twice. Um, so it was just it was a long year. If you get four races a year that matter, you get um, Daytona, Freestone, Springeding, which. I don't know if they look as favorable on that anymore, the factories. Mammoth and California Classic along with Loretta. So everything leads up to Loretta. As an amateur, those are you know, your big races at the, the factories. And everybody watches. The sponsors really, they pay for it, if you know what I mean. Like Those are the ones that they all look forward to. Right. That's the ones you try to go do the best at. And when you miss all of them but Loretta, you know, it's not a great year. So that was the plan going into Loretta's list. In my mind, I just wanted to go do my best. But everybody watching me and all my support crew, which I couldn't have done it without them, they uh, they knew I could win. So they pushed me to be the best I could be. And we got to Loretta's, and it was do or don't. So and you I did. That's all I could do. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Like you, You've been part of the... Uh, the Dunlop uh, Elite Program in the past, um, like, like I said, the Horizon Award winner, which I think that surprised a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if you were on a lot of people's radar prior to that, uh, certainly not mine, but uh, you were able to uh, win that award. Uh, what did that mean to you to be able to lock that up? Um, it's obviously a great thing to have on the resume uh, moving forward and trying, like you said, to try and find more um, more support. Um yeah, that that must have been, meant a lot to you. It did. It meant a lot to me. Um, that was a big, big trophy. Every year I went to Loretta's growing up, you, know, you always wanted to see who won that trophy because, you know, it's just, it was cool. It was like every kid dreams about winning the Horizon Award, the AMA's most their favorite person going into the future or who they think will do the best. So to win that was truly unbelievable for me. I didn't know until I'd walked up on the stage. It was, it was a big surprise and I was really grateful to, to win that. I didn't want to take it for granted, but when I got up there, I didn't really know what the plan was next. Um, I'd won Loretta and like you said, I was under the radar going in, which, I thought was a little crazy, but I could understand because I didn't do the, the spring nationals or anything that year. Even though I'd won the previous year, it, it uh, they seen me as under the radar, which I get that a lot. Everybody sees me as under the radar until I ain't, and then they're real surprised. So I hope to keep on surprising people. But yeah. it was it was good. Yeah, you've certainly been doing a lot of that. Um, like one of the things that's pretty. Uh, easy, like kind of a calling card of yours, although you're not able to run it this year. Pro you probably applied for the number but didn't get it, is the triple two, uh, something that you've had for all the way back to your days on 65s. Um, like 
kind of a, yeah, it's a calling card of yours. I don't know if you have talked to the great Randy Richardson about that number. Uh, if you're, if you, you've been given clearance to run it as, as freely as you have been, he seems to be, uh, the, the triple two in most people's hearts, but, uh, you're making a case for yourself to, uh, at least be co-owner of that number. Yeah, I, I talk to Randy all the time. I love that guy. He is awesome. Um, no, somebody, somebody's got the number and they do a couple rounds a year to keep it, which is cool. I can understand, but it was my dad's number, so growing up i just adopted that number and i've been 222 ever since i started the triple deuce but i applied for 10 different numbers 222 being one of them and i ended up walking away with 243 which i thought was really cool being tomax rookie number uh yep 10 guy number so i'm happy i got to keep keep a cool number especially with a two in there and um, really i think about it you got the two four and the three so you got four, that's two more twos, and then you got the three, that's just three twos. So I still there see it go. as three twos. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I like it, man. Well, uh, you're certainly making it work for you. Uh, first first Supercross that you entered, uh, c- correct me if I'm wrong, but you did not make the main event. Uh, an eventful day for you, and then you were able to write the ship in Tampa, unless I have those switched around. Yeah, I couldn't stay off the ground in the first one. I don't know what was wrong with me. I got the uh, the heat race. I got taken out, fell in the sand, came back. And then in the LCQ, I had a pretty good start. I was fighting pretty hard, and then I got taken out again. I said, man, that was a long night. I did not, uh, I did not enjoy that very much. It gave me some fire to go out and make the main in Tampa. And then once I get in the main, I feel good because, I'll go as long as anybody else, if not longer. I, I feel like my endurance is really good. My, um, I feel like I got real good stamina. I just need to work on some sprint stuff because, and qualifying, and even the early laps in the heat races when the tracks all fresh, and then boys are going fast. So I need to work on some sprint speed, but I know I can go the distance. Yeah, well, that's that's the next step in the progression, my friend. Um, you were basically one of the first guys that the Orange Brigade ended up switching over to the Red Machines on Gas Gas. That's the that's the manufacturer that you won the the Horizon Award Award on, and then shortly thereafter, we see you uh, join the uh, the current team that you're on now, which is uh, Phoenix Honda. Like. Talk to me a little bit about switching to a Japanese manufacturer from an Austrian manufacturer, and um, like when push came to shove, you ended up on a on a on a different team after having a really f- successful finish um, with uh, with with the Austrian guys. Yeah, I couldn't be happier with where I ended up. I uh, I'm really proud to be on Phoenix Honda. I, that was my first pick. Like I could have gone anywhere. I would have liked to go to. Phoenix Honda. I feel like they have the best outlook for us as riders. They uh, they take really good care of us. Um, the manager, Heath Harrison, he does this real good. He's he's working really hard to make sure we got everything we need. Mr. David Eller owns the team. He takes real good care of us on uh, on just about everything. Like we don't go hungry at the races. The the rig got food in it. He keeps us updated with travel and, and all kinds of stuff, which is awesome. Uh, we couldn't do it without them for sure, but 
I'm happy with where I am, honestly. I enjoyed my last year um, with Orange Brigade, which was it was a red Orange Brigade. They just yes. they switched bikes. They wanted it to you know just look a little different. And I was wearing TLD gear at the time, so it, it looked cool. But it was it was the same deal. I got um, five bikes because I had won one from the year before. If you win two major championships, you get an extra bike. So I'd gotten five, interesting, five bikes and and some some pretty cool stuff, and they were really good with me. They uh they switched team manager, which was Bud Buddy Martinez. He was pretty cool. Um, it was just it was neat, and then Nathan Ramsey still overseed everything, which which was awesome. But yeah, I was the last year on Orange Brigade was was good. I had uh. Derek at HP Racing doing my motors. He did a really good job. Still to my day, one of the favorite motors I've ever ever raced on. That's saying a lot because I've had a lot of motor builders over the years, from you know fifties to to two fifties. I've had everything from. Ooh, I can I can name them for days. My dad can name them even better because he's he's had to flip the bill for him, but. Yeah, I'm happy with where I am with on Phoenix Honda. I like the Japanese bike. It's a good bike. It uh, doesn't have as much flex in the frame as the Austrian bike, which I enjoy that. It turns amazing. Handles good. The power is unbelievable. This thing is a rocket ship off the start. And uh, I like the red. Red's my favorite color, so I was pumped. That's pretty cool. And you, you'd mentioned you, you were on... TLD for a long period of time across a lot of different manufacturers as well. You rode with them on on Suzuki uh, and then throughout your entire time on uh, the Austrian bikes, whether it be super minis or or, uh, or big bikes. Um, like it, it's become like it's something that I was some sort of curious about when it comes to like, for instance, uh, very much similar to you. Um, uh, what's this? Eli Tomac was a TLD guy his entire uh, amateur career and hasn't worn it since. Um, and when you turn pro, you don't always get your first pick as far as what gear you get to wear. And I don't, I'm not uh, going to uh, make you sp- speak ill of moose racing. Uh, although personally would not be my first pick. It'd be Fox and, fr- and um, second would be Fox again, because this is a Fox racing podcast. Um, but, uh, like, like tell, talk to us a little bit about just that transition of obviously like, you know what? Moose makes great stuff too. Like in, in motocross, at, at the end of the day is not a fashion contest. We're about uh, checkered flags and that's about it. Um, but talk, t- tell us a little bit about sort of like moving into the professional ranks or even moving teams in certain respects and maybe not getting used to get, getting able to use gear or particular parts that maybe you've built a good relationship with a specific brand and you have to tell them, Hey, like the team that I'm running for, uh, Hey, I used to use these seat seat covers. Now I'm with guts or I used to use, uh, Hey TLD, I can't run your gear anymore. I'm going to be running uh moose stuff from now on. Uh, how does that go for you? And, uh, do you still have some, uh, like, do you, do you still like in your own head, you're a TLD guy or, you know, all full blown moose. I wore TLD for eight years. So it's safe to say we're as close as family over there. But with that being said, you know, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, man, I got to wear moose gear. Oh, goodness. But I tried the gear on and, you know, 
I really like it. Moose gear is awesome. Everybody, they for some reason, they've got a bad picture in their mind about Moose. But Moose is probably one of the best gear companies out there, in my mind. They make Thor. There you I go. It all, it's a, it's all a Parts Unlimited brand, correct? Yeah, it's a Parts Unlimited brand. Like The fabric is just, you know, some race teams and, and different people, they modify the fabric to you know what what the their top rider wants or whatever it is but i have no complaints about moose i love it they got dang good gear good gloves they got a ton of parts for bikes and even got uh mountain bike stuff just like tld they get man i got nothing negative to say about any of those because they're they're awesome yeah, on top of the fact that you guys, uh, you're getting brand new gear. Like, how often do you get new practice gear? I know, I'm sure the guys over at Moose, like, they drop off a couple of sets for on on race day. Uh, but how often do you get new stuff to practice in? We normally turn our old race stuff into practice gear, but it lasts. It's it's durable. Like, you know, everybody was like, "Well, it might not look the best, but it'll feel or it'll last long." Honestly, it feels great. It lasts a long time. I mean, you can keep me going. I'll make you an ad for it. It's stuff. It's legit. <laughs> we get new practice gear whenever we need it. Like they're, you know, they're never more than a phone call away. As long as you know you're not like demanding anything crazy. But no, nah, they keep us in good, clean, nice gear, and you know it lasts a long time. So. You don't really. There's no worries on the on the gear side. It it's solid. Fair enough. Well, I, I'm actually I'm gonna have to keep you longer than uh, uh, I originally promised, mainly because you're just a really interesting guy, and I think you've got some good answers to a lot of my questions here. But um, spinning back the clocks a little bit, you got the opportunity to race and represent your home country, which is it's some, something that's near and dear to my heart because I got the opportunity as a, a young athlete, not in motocross, but in the, the sport of skiing, to be able to uh, represent uh, my home country as far as, um, as an international event, a national event as well. Um, how much did it mean to you to be able to uh, kind of put on the red, white, and blue, run the number six, and, uh, and race in the amateur world championships? I could go on for hours about that race. That's Love it. a lifetime full of memories right there, just in that one weekend. But uh, to sum it up shortly, I'm very proud to have raced for my country. That is more than a dream come true for me. And to win it, I, um, it's hard to beat the USA. And I say that with all respect for everybody else. But I am red, white, and blue through and through. Fair enough. Well, that 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 that's, that speaks volumes, my friend. Whereabouts was the race, uh, and and how did things shake out for you? The race was in Australia that year, and Neat. it was two weeks after Loretta's. I went on a cruise ship with my buddy after Loretta's because it was the first year I had ever won Loretta's. Um, and then I wasn't even going to go. Um, my mom was having my youngest brother and my parents couldn't come so i was like well i ain't going to australia by myself Um, and then my dad he had a talk with me he said listen when you're my age and you're sitting in the bar with your friends you want to have a cool story to tell and what's a cooler story than i went and raced my dirt bike in australia so 
I said, all right, Dad, I'm in. And I went with a good family friend of ours that we had known basically my whole career. So just me and him went out there. We got a, a day delayed in California, so we went riding around Beverly Hills. And then we got there, we showed up, and drove straight to the practice track where the team had already had my bike. And I rode a little bit that day. The next day, we went to another practice track. And then the following day, which I can't even remember what the what day of the week it was. It was kind of an off-weekend race. Pretty sure we raced Friday as well. But, no, it was, it was good as far as just we showed up. I wouldn't say late, but we hadn't been there as long as everybody else had. Everybody else showed up a week in advance with their own bike and I showed up, we rented a bike from the local KTM dealership and put pump gas in it. The only thing we did was bring my suspension. The track was really cool. It was hard packed, fast, and choppy. And it got up to, uh, it got some nice ruts. The lap times were about a minute, minute and five seconds, roughly all the way across from the 125s, the 85s, and the 65s were about four or five seconds off, but everybody was pretty tight in the 85 and 125 division just because the track was, I wouldn't say slower, but there wasn't a whole lot of, um, there wasn't nothing he could do to separate. It was kind of, everybody was in about the same area. But went over there, we raced. They had like a cool time qualifying thing the, the first day, and then we did two motos the next day. Started out, it was a, uh, it rained the day before after we got done practicing. So the first moto was a little muddy. I'm not one to usually grab a whole lot of hole shot, especially not back then. But I grabbed the hole shot the first moto and was flying. I was winning the race. And then I cased a big old jump, fell back to like fifth, came back through the pack. And I believe I got third in the first moto. And in the second moto, I got a dead last start which was pretty normal for me back then, but I was not happy about it. And then just flipped a switch and came all the way back through and won the race. One of the competitors, their bike blew up. So I think that helped. But no, it was really cool and eventful. Just there's so many little pieces to that that weekend. Like I said, I could could tell you an in-depth story that would take hours, but... Uh, to sum it up, it was a really cool experience. And to win it, just didn't even think I was going to go over there to win. Just went over there to try and race. Went and won it. And then they took me to an award ceremony. That was the year 2018. Jason Anderson had won the Monster Energy Supercross. Jeffrey Hurlings had won the World GP. Um, So I got to sit next to them when we went to the award ceremony, which was pretty cool to talk to. You know, when you grow up, those are, I won't say your idols, but that's who you look up to in the sport, who you, who you watch ride and try to learn from. So to talk to them as a young kid was really cool. They're pretty humble. So it was, you know, it wasn't like I was getting pushed away or nothing when I was trying to talk to them. They openly you know, talk to me and enjoyed conversating. 
That's super cool. Like, what were some of the like? Did the they either one of them have some advice for you? It, it's honestly, it's really cool when you have an opportunity to meet your heroes or guys that you look up to, and they turn out to be as cool, if not cooler, than you would hope they'd be. Like, uh, there has been some times where I have the the opposite effect of that, but there's it's awfully nice when you can meet one of them and uh, and they are, turn out to be uh, pretty genuine. And uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I can't say I remember any of the advice I was given by them. We talked about Herlin's is into cars, so he had like cool exhaust. So we talked about his car for a minute, and I didn't get to talk to Anderson very long, but it was uh, it was definitely a memorable experience. I sat next to this guy, and we're all in this in this line in this big old building outside the hotel in Spain, and everybody's like they're skipping Anderson and. I forgot who it was. They raced in MotoGP street bikes, like Mark, Mark Marquez or something. They're passing him, Anderson. They're passing all of us, even Herlin. And they would go to this tiny little dude sitting next to me. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? So you take one of the little pamphlets because they, they got the pamphlets right under him. And uh, his name was Tony Bo. I didn't know it at the time, but I got to talking to him and he's like, an 11-time world champion trials jumper. He jumps on top of massive okay. cinder block stuff, and I'm like, what in the world? So I look him up right there, and uh, he was a real bad dude. I ain't even kidding. He was. He probably had more skill than anybody else sitting there. And I, I'm just saying that dude was gnarly, like, because I ain't never seen nothing like that. That dude was just – he was really good, and – I was sitting in a room filled with the the best in the world. Everybody, the best in their respected divisions that year. And I didn't even know what sport that guy raced in, but everybody would pass us and go straight to him. And I'm like, what in the world? But he was a native to Spain too. He was born and, and raised there and was local to Spain. So I think that was the reason everybody was passing us up and going to him. But it was just, it was a cool, cool experience. That was just one of the tidbits I had, I've taken with me and remembered just just because it was so bizarre, like you wouldn't see that coming. Well, fair enough. Yeah, like, I, I, the the like um, trials is like a whole other discipline of, and it, I think you take like the the optimal word word there is discipline. Like to be able to be good at, at trials is pretty much unlike any anything else on two wheels. Crazy. The dude jumps on one of those big old African twin motorcycles and hops around on the back tire like a pogo stick. I'm like, I don't even understand it. So I'm curious, uh, Caden, you're, like I said, you're a pretty soft-spoken kid. Uh, and then you, you you grew up racing against the Hayden Deegans of the world, uh, some Evan Ferries of the world. I'm sure you've had uh, some uh, high tension run-ins with some guys. Sometimes you got to get aggressive out there on the track. Uh, but you also mentioned that you're a fierce competitor and, and you you don't like losing. Um, where does that like line get drawn for you as far as like uh, uh, letting your your temper get a, get get the better of you? Sometimes I'm sure you've got you, you get a little hot under the collar sometimes. Um, where, where does that come in for Caden Braswell? How do you control it? How do you sort of harness that? Um, because to race at the highest level, 
Uh, I don't think it, you can really do that without being uh, someone who sort of has a, lives a little bit on the edge as far as uh, as the uh, the emotions side of things. Um, how do you keep those in check, and also how do you tap into that aggression? How do I tap into the aggression? Every time them goggles go on, it's uh, it's just everything you got. Ain't nobody your friend out there on the track. Now, when you get off the track, let all that I do praise the Lord. I, uh, I'm a strong believer, and uh, my faith guides a lot of things in my life. So the last thing I want to do is show my butt and disappoint those who support me. But as you were saying, emotions do rise, tensions get high. And, uh, yeah, as anybody in the sport will tell you, I mean, they, everybody's has done some stuff or had something go on they're not proud to talk about. And there's, there's what's, really no talking about the, the drama on that part. But Fair yeah, enough. What's the maddest you've ever gotten? The maddest I've ever gotten? Yeah, like either on track, off track. Like what was the time where you uh, where Caden Braswell boiled over? Mm, they call that something to me. They uh, they they tell me I got the eye of the Jew when that happens because I don't remember nothing. I just go real fast. But that okay. happens a good bit. That happens every time somebody says I can't do something. I show them real quick that I can. Well, for for every person out there that uh, that might be in your corner, there's usually ten people that will that'll tell you no. Uh, Lord knows, there's more than a few people that said that I wouldn't. Uh, Get a press credential for for Supercross or get to 900 episodes, but here we are on episode 911 of the Big MX Radio podcast here with Caden Braswell. Um, Caden, uh, you got an opportunity to race some arena cross. That's a, that's a, an aggressive uh, atmosphere to uh, to go racing in uh, as as a basically your first full races as a professional. What were your thoughts on that, and uh, how did it prepare you for uh, switching things over to uh, two of probably the most uh, gnarly Supercross tracks we've seen so far in Houston and uh, and Tampa? Those are those are some pretty wild tracks. Yeah, I got an awesome opportunity to go race arena cross with one of the best teams to ever do it. My teammate was a three-time champion in it. Before him, another one of my teammates who had won it before he had started racing it. So I, uh, I was, I was brought into it by a really good team, Phoenix Racing. They've they've dominated Arena Cross for a long time now, and uh, to go in there with the best team to ever do it, I was really really excited. I've never raced anything like Arena Cross, so it was all just a big learning experience, and it was cool to to use that as a stepping stone going into Supercross felt like it was really high pace um just don't want to say chaotic but there was a lot going on it was awesome like you get there in the morning around nine or ten you walk the track talk to some people bikes get ready 11 you go out for time qualifying practices and then you take about a three or four hour break and then the night show goes down so they got like a super cool opening ceremonies um, and then once racing starts it's just all hands on deck you just keep on going it was it was a really cool experience i uh 
the first one I did, I was a little nervous, and I wasn't used to the fast-paced action. Not even going to lie, when I tell you I was in seventh, and I thought I was winning the race at one point in time, because I look over and I see people up in the grandstands, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, there's people flying off the track. I got to be winning at this point in time. There's, just, there's a circle all the way around the track where we were just, we were getting after it. The second race, the dirt had been wet. I guess it, it got snowed on or something the week before. So it was soft and it got really rutted up, which I thought was awesome. But uh, I ended up winning the second main in my second ever Supercross, which I don't think anybody really expected that, but it was a really neat experience. And you get to spray champagne and, it was it was awesome. Arena Cross was I feel like a good stepping stone going into Supercross. Supercross ain't nowhere near as busy as Arena Cross. I don't think it's uh it's a lot more just it's longer. So the, the track, the stadium's bigger. You you get a little bit more time to think. Where Arena Cross is a little bit busier, which I mean, depending on who you are, what you like to ride, they're both awesome. Yeah, it certainly is uh, like two different flavors, that's for sure. Uh, we're heading into Dallas this weekend, which is a Triple Crown, your first ever Triple Crown, or only your third race. Uh, so you get some extra um, qualifying in, as well as, uh, yeah, three three main events, 12-minute uh, mains, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe they're, yeah, I think they're 12s. Um, what's what's going to be your approach to that? Um, qualifying inside the top 18 is maybe the most important thing you don't want to be in that lcq uh what's your approach for this weekend and uh also just what's your approach on race day like what kind of music do you listen to what are some of the habits that you try and keep consistent so that you can uh, put your game face on put those goggles on and turn yourself into uh an animal out there yeah it'll start with uh getting a good night's sleep the night before Uh, then just get a good good fast lap and that's what'll put you in the top 18 get a good fast lap i'm sure everybody be going real fast so I'll, uh, pay attention and, and really focus on my sprint speed get get it straight into the main and then once i'm in the main i would like to uh i'd like to be in the top five i know i can do it i know i've got the the speed and and technique for it so put the whole phoenix honda out front that's my goal for the this weekend uh, heading up into dallas i uh, i'm looking forward to that i think i think it'll be good i don't not a huge miss music listening person i uh i tend to just like peace and quiet but i do listen to music it's probably you know need to breathe this i call it my jesus jam so i'll just be listening to to them if i do listen to music but no a little warm up before and focus on my sprint speed this weekend getting into the top 18 and going straight to the the triple crown is really where you want to be at you don't want to be going to that lcq but if you do happen to go to that lcq you better be ready because everybody else will be so i'm uh i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be a good weekend and uh just continue to learn one foot in front of the other. Well, you found yourself in one of those LCQs. I believe it was your first race uh, in Supercross for the for the Houston Supercross. Uh, take us through that a little bit. Uh, it's hectic there, and it's also I don't know if you're fully aware of this, but there are no rules 
at the triple at the uh, LCQs, um, your approach to that, I assume, would just be either to not be in them at all or to get a get a great start and just run away. Yeah, to not be in them at all would be ideal. That would be nice. Um, but if you are in them, pay attention, get a good start, get out front, and get going. If not, just pay attention. You can't uh, you can't win everything in one race. Dang sure can lose it. So just be smart. Do my best. That's all I can do. Wise words from Caden Braswell here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Caden, this was a lot of fun. I uh, I think we're going to have to call you up in uh, in a few weeks' time to uh, catch up with you somewhere along the line. But uh, I really appreciate you making some time for me today, man. Absolutely. Anytime. I look forward to it. I'll call you in a few weeks and we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some some cool stories by then on both sides. But, yeah, much appreciated. I really uh, appreciate you having me on the show. I really do. Definitely. So I I know you've got an impressive list of sponsors. You might not have a team shirt or a rear fender in front of you right now, but, uh, um, like, Thank as many people as you can, uh, probably first and foremost being uh, Lord and Savior, as well as uh, your parents who have played a huge role in getting to you, getting you to where you're at right now. Yes, sir. Let all that I do praise the Lord. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Those are a few of my favorites. I definitely couldn't do without my parents. Um, but yeah, Phoenix Honda, I'm really looking forward to a bright future with them. They're an amazing. I'm happy to be a part of it. Honda equipment, moose racing and riding gear, Pirelli tires, 16 helmets, Alpine Star boots, SSI decals, graphics, pit boards, and individual racer decals, guts, custom seat covers, 100% goggles, FMS exhaust, ensign clutch components, Phoenix racing team, hauler, pit access, ODI bars, grips, Sunstar sprockets, CID chains, VIP fuel, UFO Plastics, Works Connection, Twin Air Filters, W Wheels, JE Pistons, Evans Coolant, Enzo Suspension, the KYB stuff. Couldn't do it without all of them. They uh, they really go above and beyond, and without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. There's just there's a lot that goes into it, and it and you can't do it alone. You need a you need a team. You need a village. It takes a village. Um, I'm really happy going into this year with a good team. I think we're one of the best. In the paddock, they call us privateers, but we won't be for long. Uh, Mr. David Eller, Heath Harrison, uh, couldn't do without him. So really looking forward to the future. Brighter days ahead. Right on, my friend. I'll, I'll uh, let you get on with the rest of your night. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there.